Andrew, you made our Christmas very basketball-y. Uh, I'm just going to jump into this and say thank you very much for the fine hemispheric uniform addition to my life. Yeah. But I'm guessing that it was linked to a certain someone who follows this show. Can you explain what's going on? And we'll even include a screenshot in the show notes of what's going on. Yes. Yeah, so, this is a, uh, a gift to the two of you. Um, people might remember that a while ago, a friend of the show, Perth Bandits... Nick Tan created a design for a Hemispheric Views basketball team. He does basketball uniform designs on the side for a bit of fun, and he created a Hemispheric Views one. It's all well and good to see it on a screen. It looked nice, but it's not real until you get the real uniform. And I thought, I thought since all both of you are so not into basketball, what would make <laughs> a better gift than a basketball uniform jersey? Hemisphere style. So, thank you to Nick. Nick helped helped um, with the, you know, teeing up the production and all that kind of stuff. And I'm super stoked that it got all the way to Jason. One got all the way to Jason in the US before Christmas. I did not anticipate that. Yeah. Curi- I was curious. I should have asked before. What when um, what was the ship time on that? Do you have do you have a recollection of when you sent it? Versus when I received it? I reckon I sent it at the beginning of December. So, it was only a couple of weeks. There's a cat. Well, I just want to say I think it's awesome. So, thank you, Andrew. And also, thank you, Nick. Because even though I'm not a huge basketball fan, I've been to games in my life and I like the sport in general. I'm just not an avid follower like you are. But to have it actually branded to match this podcast, he did a great job. And it makes it all the more special. And I'm now going to have the pleasure of wearing this in certain contexts just to have people ask the question, what the hell is that? Because I actually wore it around another basketball fan I know. And he made the comment, uh, is that some, it looks like some sort of European team. Like, what is this? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, well, yes, it's actually part of the niche Euro basketball tour. um, And it's not HV or hemispheric views. It's Harvey. And that's how you say it. It's very um, esoteric. You wouldn't understand. But I'm super pleased. It's got each of our favorite numbers. So, we've got a, it's customized to us. It's got our surnames on the back. Um, it's got our Patreon logo at the front. We're sponsored by Patreon, apparently, with our Patre- the actual Patreon logo, the HV Shield. OnePrimePlus.com. That's it. That's it. Now, so we'll, we'll somehow get photos of us wearing, wearing these. I think Jason, Martin and I have done the right thing. We're wearing ours today. Jason somehow putting it in a vault or something. I'm not sure what's going on there. I am going to frame it in a basketball jersey frame and hang it on the wall behind me so that everyone that sees me on a video call, which if I if there's if if the last year is any indication will be for the next rest of my life, um they'll see it right up there next to me. It's good it's product placement. It's like it's like when they retire a jersey and they hang it from the rafters as exactly. a legendary player. Yeah. Now, so what I actually want you to do before you frame it, I think you do need to get tickets to a Portland Trailblazers game and mm. wear the jersey to that, seeing okay. that's your local team. Martin, yep. you need to wear it to a, a Hawks game and I shall wear mine to a Perth Wildcats game. I love that he knows all the teams for everyone else and when we have no idea. That's fantastic. <laughs> 
U.S. or otherwise. Well, if anyone wants to see us play, come to One Prime Plus Stadium, and that is, are they called stadiums? I don't even know. See, that's how much I don't know about basketball. This is actually the one time you can use their proper slogan for One Prime Plus, contextually. And what would that be? Got one Prime Plus Stadium. Dot com. It's in the game. Oh, yeah. It's in the game. Oh, wow. One Prime Plus Stadium. It's in the game. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Thanks to you. Thanks to Nick Tan. And thanks to whoever created these wonderful jerseys for you, of which I had no idea that was a thing. That's not something I would have expected you could just get made in a, in a low volume quantity or... Perhaps you actually ordered like 10,000 of these and you just have to sit on the other, you know, you have like boxes of these in your garage or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> guess what, guess what but, you get when you join one prime plus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you used to get a sticker. Now you get a whole jersey without your name on it. Enjoy. Uh, ultimately, we're going to have a whole team. Uh, there, I should say as well, there is this, each of us has one. So there's three. There's actually four of these in the wild. Mm. Wow. Because, because Nick Tan himself was so pleased with the design. Um, I made sure that he got a and as a thank you from the Hemispheric Views crew, he got a he got a one as well. I love it. And his has Beautiful. my name on the back, I assume. Is that Yeah, yeah, it's all part yeah. of doxing and identity theft. Yeah. Yep. Okay, yep. perfect. Spelt B U K R, I assume, uh-huh. as we've yep. learned in the previous episodes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Thank you. There you go. Merry Christmas. Now, I think we need a weather check because one thing about hemispheres is that they're different at Christmas time and all through the year. That's a fact. What's happening in your area, Andrew? What's the weather? I've heard it's pretty mild. Hot. Damn hot. It is. It is so hot. It is the hottest. I, I wrote a blog last night on it. We'll link to that in the show notes. Yeah. If you were going to assign a number to just the general term hot, let's just say there was a scale you could use. Oh, let's w- uh, what would that be? Let's call it 44 degrees celsius wow which is over 100 degrees fahrenheit for the past two days and today i think it's meant to cool down a little we're heading for a mild 39 degrees celsius today so won't quite crack the hundred that's out of the ordinary for you ah look we're used to hot summers in perth but getting to that level of heat that's unusual usually we'll get this heat in february but to have it in december already oh baby it has been the that it was hard, it's hard to eat a big Christmas meal when it's when you melt when you go outside. So it's like a blast furnace. You walk outside of the house, and as you know, we have evaporative air conditioning works beautifully in this sort of environment. But you walk out of any sort of air conditioned environment, and it's just like a blast furnace. Just yeah. Does the risk actually increase that the roof of your house is going to blow off, Andrew, with this air conditioning and this weather? Like, I think the, what's the pressure? Well, situation? I think the air is now so thin. That you know, you can hardly breathe, so I think it's fine. There you go. Well, here in New South Wales, we are currently in the midst of La Nina, uh, which is a pleasure. Fortunately, Christmas Day was glorious, it was really, really warm, beautiful blue skies. It was perfect for anyone, you know, backyard barbecues or going to the beach or whatever. Today, which is now the day after Boxing Day, people in the listenership can work all that out. You know, here in the Commonwealth, we give each other boxes or something. Mm-hmm. It's now really cool and breezy and it's going to rain. So, I have no idea. It's kind of like living in a temperate version of a tropical climate. Who knows what's going on? Awfully hot. Pretty much okay. And then I'm on the other end of the spectrum of a little bit chilly. 
Uh, we are currently at 27 degrees F or minus three degrees C. Mm. Oh, so beach weather. Yeah. Basically shorts, tank top. Is it snowing? It, it snowed once. It snowed. Today was the first snow, actually. December 26th. It's not quite the white Christmas. Um, it's hard to tell. I'm not sure if it came before or after midnight. So okay. uh, it might get you on technicality. Yeah, we'd have to like roll the tape back on that, uh, get a replay. But I, I think it. I'm gonna call it White Christmas. Probably, I think. That's very different to what we're experiencing here. So, do you sing when 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 you sing the sort of nope. Bing Crosby's White Christmas? There's no <laughs> irony to, the, to when you perform it. No, no, all of the the kind of holiday things, they all check out. Yeah, okay. And on that note, can we, as part of the Hemispheric Views caroling service, can we just sing a few bars of White Christmas now? You absolutely can, yeah. Go for all it. Of us. Please do. All of us on yep. three. All right, I'll count us down. It'll be three, two, one, go, okay. and on the go, we yes. start on, to sing. On the right. go, on the go. Okay. Right. Count on the go. In. Yeah, on the go playlist, everyone's favorite iPod edition. Got it. Three. Two, one, go. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas Just like the ones I used to know And copyright strike. Why was I the only one singing? Because I was hoping to generate a new theme that I can insert in the show in later edit. I was singing. I, I accidentally muted. It was a, it was a mute switch Man, issue. You guys are gutless. Both of you. <laughs> yep. No I conniving. We've known that for a while. Bloody our snow would melt before it hit the ground. Oh, incidentally, Perth, I right, give you a uh, beach update. Oh, beach update. Yeah, so <laughs> beach update. Big big tradition for many Perth families is to go to the beach on Christmas Day. You would think mm-hmm. when it's forty degrees Celsius, that would be a wonderful day to go to the beach. Not I, because I would burn instantly. So yeah. not good for me, but many families love it. They went to the beach only to discover Sharks in the water. Lots of people standing on the beach looking at the water, not getting in it. Better than sharks on the land. Well, that's true. Right? That's that's the next Imagine step in evolution. That. You have a street street shark situation breaking out, and then you got people. Then you got people in the water, sharks on the beach. It's crazy. Well, you saw what happened in The Simpsons when dolphins came back onto land. That was disastrous. How's it going, Andrew? With Spotlight. I can't use Spotlight. Spotlight is, Spotlight is there as a f- emergency, you know, in case of emergency, pull ripcord kind of situation. It does not get my command space bar, keyboard shortcut. Traditionally, that's been owned by Launch Bar for many, many, many years until I realized that Launch Bar was suddenly annoying to me because it seemed like it was consuming excessive amounts of CPU time. And it drove me crazy. And I was like, Launch bar never gets updated. Never, never, never. It isn't, hasn't has seen an update for ages. The website hasn't been updated. There's no user support. There's no community. There's no plugins being developed for it. And it was just that point. I just went, stuff it. I'm switching to Alfred. I didn't even use the trial period. I just bought the full power pack thing. Wow. I was so fired up. Just did it. Went all Alfred. Um. And then about two days after that launch bar released an update. 
<laughs> I'm going to just go out on a limb and assume that you are one of those people that will open activity monitor and go over to the little CPU tab and then, and then search for launch bar or whatever. And then you'll just sit there and stare at it and kind of force hope that it jumps up to a number that satisfies your anger. Is that, Pretty Is that true. true? Well, I will go look at it. No, I won't. I don't target apps in that way. But if I feel like there's a bit of sluggishness, sluggishness happening, I do check Activity Monitor, and so I did because Launch Bar wasn't working well, and I did a reboot, and it continued to not work well. And I checked Activity Monitor, and it was, it was like four or five percent CPU or Ooh, something like that. Wow, dead. So that's ridiculous. So can I ask? I, I just want. I know that there are extra functions that LaunchBar and Alfred afford you yep. that you don't find satisfying or present in Spotlight. Yep. What is the number one thing that is so crucial to your working day or general lifestyle that disappoints you about Spotlight that now Alfred offers you? If I had to boil it down to one, because there's a number, because these things do a lot of, lot of things, mm. but the number one thing would be traversing file directories. The nature of the things that I do is that I have f numerous folders with similar files I need to find. Like this sort of, it's a pattern of work, but the fault, so the files are very similar, but they're in self-contained directories for that project. All right. So if I just do a spotlight search, it's often hard to know if you've got quite the right file. So I want to be able to drill and in and out of file trees with my keyboard. And you can trigger that off quickly with Launch Bar or Alfred. Actually, quicker in Launch Bar, ironically. I care about none of that. Yeah, and I think you could really tidily and efficiently replace this whole system with an entire grid of desktop alias icons to all of your favorite oh, folders. Wow. <laughs> and then you could navigate like a gigantic puzzle across the grid. <laughs> and then you could kind of have instant efficient launching straight into the folder that you want but then with a kind of i don't know puzzle fun along the way what do you reckon i'm not gonna have icons on my desktop can i tell you the features of alfred that are actually make it worth using sure Sorry, i'm getting really hot in the singlet i have to take it off keep going That's, no you gotta take the t-shirt off you leave the singlet on have you never played basketball what are you doing of course doing he's never wrong. played basketball Goodness. I would, I'm amazed he even knows what a basketball is. Hi. Hello. Sorry, Hi. continue. No, uh, uh, I've finished. Ugh. So the file thing, file traversal. Yep. That's interesting, I, I suppose. That is definitely not a reason I use Alfred. Uh, if I had to give Ooh. you three, I would give you snippets. Great. Love me a snippet. I, I need to explore that more. Yep. Workflows in general, being able to just create like shortcuts to do stuff so I can type like a little command to do a thing in the shell without having to open up terminal or whatever. And then um, what's the last one? I said snippets already. The workflows. Launching an app. Yeah, I mean, the launching the app thing, that's just kind of, that just feels like a a thing you do on a Mac. I don't know. It's it is it, spotlight started at all, obviously, or uh, whatever that one was 20 years ago. Well, I got corrected because I said, I accidentally said Quicksilver was the first, but it turns out launch bar predates Quicksilver. Oh, well, mm -hmm. so okay. Quicksilver was the first that anyone cared about. I'll say that. How about that? Um, 
but yeah, the, the snippets thing I love, being able to have snippets just right at your fingertips. Um, the workflows are great. You can kind of build, you can do, go nuts with them, but I'd have a couple of basic ones. And the one I use a lot is tying it in with an app called, it's either, I guess, Numi, N-U-M-I. It's like a calculatory thing, kind of like Solver. Yeah, that's insane. And then up. you can just do like crazy calculation stuff just from that. So I can say command space, 20 Fahrenheit in C and just have it do it there. Oh, I need that in my life. Or, you know, eight gallons in milliliters or whatever. Just being able to do quick stuff like that from a spotlight type thing, which I think spotlight does some of that now. Um, yeah, it does. But it, this just allows you to do almost, I mean, anything you can do real time currency conversion. You can say, you know, how many, bytes and 20s zeta bytes or whatever and it's just just does it i mean i think spotlight would probably be fine for most people and a lot of it's just if you start using something you just keep using it so yeah i don't know i never got into launch bar i think just because i've always used alfred oh and you can theme it so you can make it look nice and have it be like bigger uh text on the screen or just have it do that kind of stuff as the spotlighter of the group you know surprise surprise uh, it kind of comes down to this for me. It's a very similar thing using something like Launch Bar and Alfred because I, I did actually try them after you've both brought them up before. It falls into a similar camp for me as things like automation or home automation. I'm very impressed by the feature list and the things that you can do when you fiddle and line up a whole heap of functions that you couldn't do before or necessarily couldn't do as quickly or in the same way. But it's all in the setup of the stuff for me that I kind of lose interest. I go all the time that I'm setting up doing these shortcuts or these home automation things linked to this light bulb that I don't have to worry about replacing rather than just doing this or going up and flicking a light switch. It kind of personally, I lose interest in the customization of things, which might sound very, very horrendous or shocking to people who listen to this podcast. It's like, isn't all the fun setting up all this tech stuff? For me, if it takes more effort to achieve that efficiency, it's kind of lost me. Yeah. I think the biggest difference is like Spotlight does, and I'm just going to pick and say it does six things and that's it. Whereas Alfred and LaunchBar both do, let's say 1000 things. I don't really sure. care that they do 1000 things, but I like the yeah. fact that it gives every single individual person the ability to pick like their six things that they want. And it's great that it's there. Yeah. And I don't, I'm sure there are people that use everything that exists in, you know, pick your whichever one. I certainly don't. I use probably six, yeah. but it's like the six that are important to me. So I don't know. I, yeah, it's, it's, they're all kind of converging together into one thing. And I don't think spotlight will ever do all the stuff the others do and it shouldn't because it would just be too confusing and weird i i often wonder if normal people just using a mac day-to-day -day even know what spotlight is no i don't it, think so it feels a little bit i mean it's super easy but it feels a little bit like an an advanced kind of tool for the average computer user it's an interesting question because I can't remember where I read it, but there was something about, it might've been one of the many blogs that we Mac users generally follow. I can't remember, but it was talking about how increasingly younger kids at school aren't learning how to navigate 
a finder or Windows Explorer or whatever file directory, they just use search. So I'm inclined to say that more and more younger people are just using whatever the search tool is on computer X, you know, whatever we're talking about. Whereas older people, and I use older to cover a broad range of generations, they don't necessarily know that it's there. So whereas they rely on more of the the path bar or going through the columns and things. So I think one group is maybe ignorant about one thing and the other is ignorant of the other. Can I ask you a question coming from Launch Bar to Alfred? One of the things that gets me every time is that Launch Bar, you, used, you, you just typed whatever you need to type, but whether it was an application or a folder or a file name or what have you. Um, in Alfred, and you just would type, in Alfred... First of all, if you want to search for a file, you have to start with the space bar to start to, to limit your scope to files. And there, But there is an option in the preferences that says you can turn extras on. So under the default results, there's you can tick there's essential, there's a, the essentials category, which is preferences and contacts. And then there's these extras, which are folders, documents. So then it indexes all of those too, I would presume. Mm-hmm. But it says... Don't do it. Alfred works most efficiently if you only have essentials ticked and use the open keyword to find files. Now, that's it's kind of annoying because that's what LaunchBar Launch did all that automatically. Alfred is providing me a way to do it, but it's saying don't do it. Do you have a take on that? I have two takes on that. My understanding is they all basically just use the Spotlight Index anyway, so you're kind of always using Spotlight no matter what you're using. Um, I assume they're saying that because... It, probably if you have a bajillion files, it probably really bogs down the the thing that's doing the searching would be my assumption. Mm. But if you have a normal amount of files, whatever that is, I, I don't know, I would just turn them all on. What's your second take? Uh, was, oh, <laughs> it was those two takes in one. It was just that everything's oh, using Spotlight okay. anyway. And second to that, just do it. See, just to be uh, the annoying one here, we like... Apple products and generally the Mac because we say it just works. But then with tools like this, we introduce complexity that raises questions that we didn't have before. So mm. I say power to you if you want to use this stuff. But I have never once considered the thing that you just mentioned, Andrew. Well, if Spotlight could let me go back and forth in directories, I would probably be much more likely to use it. But it just looks- Yeah, but isn't just- this stuff that you get in the Finder anyway? Like you've got your path bar, you've got your columns. I think we've you gone can- down I don't, this path I don't like times. Finder. Yes. I think so. Okay, I'm not going <laughs> to open that can of worms again. This this brings me to another point recently that I think I'm going to just go ahead and expose Andrew on this. Um, he talks a, a lot about being a Mac user and so forth. But mm. recently there was a tweet from him where he basically just called out that the Macintosh is bad. He said in not so many words, Macintosh is so bad, period. <laughs> and I just, I and feel his like. his iCloud account was deleted. I felt a little attacked, first of all, because I, you know, I felt I've been lied to. That he's always saying that he's a Mac user. We've never actually seen any of these Macs, so we just assumed. <sighs> not to mention, I named my son after the computer, so he's been re- removed from the group exactly, chat entirely. Exactly, exactly. And then I see he sends, he starts sending <laughs> pictures of this PC with all these glowy lights in them. <laughs> and I just, I don't know. I'm really, there's like some red flags here. I, I can have explain. To say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did, I, I'm sorry to have to put you on the hot seat like that, but 
Don't apologize. Do it. Yeah. Um, we're going to need some answers here. You know, the hating of the Macintosh, the the PC photos that you've been sending. It's all been mm-hmm. a little much, and I just don't think we can take it anymore. Yeah, no, that's fa- fair, fair call. You, I've gotten out on the Twitter. Now, anybody who knows me will know that Twitter is my basketball outlet. That's I just mm. vent randomly on Twitter about mm-hmm. basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why you started talking about Windows. Yeah. Yeah. And I did say Macintosh is bad. It's so bad, mm-hmm. I think I said. Macintosh you is said so bad. You said so bad, period. Yeah, so Quote, bad. Macintosh is so bad, period. However, in my defense, if you look at that tweet, it was Macintosh with a mc. It was Macintosh, not oh. Macintosh. Oh. So which Scotsman annoyed you? <laughs> so it was not a Scotsman at all. It was an American playing for the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. Mikhail Macintosh. He's terrible. He is a rubbish player. Wow. We're just attacking people now <laughs> on the show. <laughs> there goes our basketball. I'm sure he's audience. a lovely guy, but he can't play basketball very well. Okay. Uh, so that okay, was so you the, had a, so that you was, had a excuse for that. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah. And what about all these PC photos you've been sending that have been I mean, honestly, they really were pretty not safe for work, I'd have to say. Not for my work anyway. Well, I've been like I have been using Macs for a while, but none of them ever had glowing LED lights. No, and you know the one thing that I want reason. on a computer? I want some glowing LEDs. And the only way I can get those is by buying my kid a gaming PC. Ah, okay. So, Merry Christmas. You can see, though, how all of these pieces of information separately, oh, yeah. piecing them together, it just it doesn't paint you in a good light. No, I can imagine you on the crazy board with the string, the red string, drawing lines. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. Now, if there's one thing that we've learned, it's that when Andrew's supposed to buy a present for his son, he actually buys a present for himself. So, how have you been enjoying your gaming PC, Andrew? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Windows. Windows. How does anybody live with their Windows? Bloody hell. It's so bad. It's so bad. Like, it was doing the first run kind of... And, and first of all, you got the problem, do I set it up with my account and, like, my existing Microsoft ID or do I create, like, his PC and it's... But I was trying to set it up before and to even get a login, you had to, like, create a Microsoft account and he's, like, not 13. So how do you do that? You just got to acknowledge that he's 13 and pretend. Um, <laughs> you just got to break the law. Okay, yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, anyway, all that... I could go into that for half an hour but what i was doing it was it was well i was trying to set up a family account for him so i was i ended up creating an account for me and then i was creating a a family junior managed account for for him it was in the process of validating that it had a window up like it's set in one of the settings windows it was doing a thinking thing and i looked down at a little wi-fi indicator and i was like oh that wi-fi signal strength's a bit low i'll just click that and see What's going on with that while it's thinking about that thing over there? Can, did we clarify the Windows version that we're dealing with here? Uh, this 10 a, at the moment. This is a Windows 10 device. Windows 10. Okay. Apparently ready for 11, but I haven't pushed the button. Um, yes. Is there Intel inside? There, uh, I think there's AMD <laughs> inside. Can't, I was going to say, there should be a sticker to tell you. You can just go check that. Yeah, I think it's AMD. <laughs> um, I clicked the little Wi-Fi thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, it doesn't multitask the wind like that that family setup thing that was going on 
oh, clearly you don't actually care about that anymore. You want to see Wi-Fi. So we're going to blow that window away and replace that information with the Wi-Fi settings page. I was like, oh, freak. Okay. So there's a back button in the corner of the, uh, the window. I guess I click that to go back to my family setup page. No, it just takes me back to the home page of the settings app. How do I get back to my family? I guess I just your traverse, family's gone. Traverse you back to family, family. Back to family to the set. And you go there and it's like, you want to set up a family? It's like, I just was. You were halfway through doing it. And I clicked Wi-Fi and it just it was, it was like, why is that? Why is that such a destructive action? Clicking on a Wi-Fi icon. <laughs> it's just Yeah, but the lights in the computer are nice. You just keep looking at that. You don't actually use the system. It's just, just a light show. It's just so bad. And just and then, so I finally get. I went through, started all over again with the family setup. It kind of, it must have gotten halfway through because it recognised the email address that was created for him. Um, I got all that, booted it into his account, but then every, on every boot of his, because he's a standard user, not an administrator, all these like <sighs> third-party AMD Ryzen driver needs authentication to run. So he's getting bombarded with prompts at every boot to load this crap. I'm like, well, how do you just authorize those, but not everything else? Ah, oh, bugger it. I've made him an administrator and he can just have at it. <laughs> it's like, oh, wow. that's, that's standard Windows security right there. You start out with nothing, realize you can't do anything, and then you just give everyone admin and hope for the best. Yeah, it's, it's just so bad. So now that he's an admin, because I want to hear about some of the fun stuff briefly, which games does he want to play? Like, what's this for okay, now that you're okay. through so, the general pain? So, he's still pretty young and early in his gaming adventures. So, it started out with... Um, he just we established play- that when you illegally accepted the you love him being 13. Yeah. Yeah. So, he just yep. wanted to play Roblox and Minecraft. Excuse me. Basic kid stuff. Um, he has been playing a bit of Subnautica on because I have a Steam account as well and I had Subnautica. So, he had been playing that on my computer and so he switched to... What over. is that? It's like an underwater exploration puzzle solving game. You swim, okay. you swim through I the ocean. I kind of assumed that from the name, but are we talking about a third person third theme? Person. Are you looking at a puzzle over the third okay. person? Right. So you've got hands and you swim and you hold tools and catch fish. And Are you amphibious or are you actually of the water entirely? Or is there a scuba tank involved? You're a human that has crash landed on a right. water planet in a spaceship. Oh, wow. Cool. Isn't that a splash landing? Yes, good point. It's it's a good game. So he's got into that, but then so he's but then that that's opened up the world of Steam gaming. So yesterday oh. he bought The Escapists two, um, mm. with his own pocket money. Escapists to where? Yeah, it's a get out of jail. You work with your mates and you mm. try and get out of jail. Well, he did already break the law starting this adventure so this might be a handy skill to have for later <laughs> and today he's he's rated his piggy bank again and he's bought terraria which i know nothing about is, is his piggy bank your wallet is that how this is you you just uh, left your credit card in steam right is well that- yeah but we make him we make him hand over cash so he gets the feeling okay. of a transaction so he feels your son macaulay culkin is he tracking this in ynab is my question no and i, child try, account I am YNAB. trying to encourage him down that pathway and he doesn't seem as interested what, as to sign I, up for a YNAB account and then get disappointed. Well, even just tracking money, he's just got no interest. He doesn't know the difference. He's like 50 bucks. He's got no interest. You've got to sort that, sort out that rate. 
$20, he doesn't care. He's just like, oh, it's just mine. No, you want to go with a high interest when it goes to money, not no interest. No interest is not ideal. That's what I've learned. So anyway, PC adventures. Anybody who uses a PC has either never used a Mac. Oh, God. Yep. Or they just have, or they have Stockholm syndrome. They've been convinced that PCs are fine and this is the way computers work and they just accept the pain. But if you could show them there is a different way of doing this stuff and a better way, a Mac's are definitely a better way. Like every, everything could be improved, right? But Windows has a lot more scope for improvement. Well, I'd actually, I don't think it does. I think it's, I think it's hit its ceiling. I think. Let me, let me tell you about a little thing we like to call Windows 11. It's one better than 10 okay we put the start everything's in the, in the middle. middle it's all center aligned <laughs> that's what i'm talking didn't about. the mac do that in mac os 10.0 and they put the apple in the middle can i just say briefly on the on the center alignment thing in mac os i know a lot of people seem to be offended by that but this is where i think the complaints get a little bit unreasonable you don't have to like the center alignment or you can nitpick about why it's somehow uh not ideal design wise but I think the Microsoft thing to do would be to introduce the center alignment, but only do it for the top level aesthetically of the system. As far as I've seen, unless I've missed something, and I apologize if I have, Apple has done it everywhere in the system. So they've made a decision for better or worse, but at least it's consistent. And please, if you have found it elsewhere, send us something on micro.blog or Twitter to show me that I'm wrong. But uh, I think that's where Apple users sometimes aren't quite grateful enough that they have taken the care to make sure that it's the same everywhere i mean that's that's my favorite part of using windows is every time i use it i feel like indiana jones because every single menu that you go to every layer of menu takes you back at three to five years in actual time so you start at windows 11 and by the fourth or fifth click you're back into like dos it's amazing and then and then when you try to get out back up through the levels, there's some digital boulder chasing you to stop you. It's great. I love it. You're like, oh, this looks beautiful. And then you're like, wait, how did I get back to Windows XP? Oh, what the hell? This is Windows 95 now. Ah, yeah, it's great. Now, talking about uh, devices and particularly game stuff, because this is what Andrew bought for his son. It's all about games. Jason, you've been posting about a little pocket device. Mm. What's what's the deal here? Yeah, the, the analog pocket. Uh, I bought it, I think, two or three years ago. <laughs> this is one of those things. Wow. He, uh, it may See, I had no idea. It, I'm like, oh, what's this new thing? It, and I don't think it was a it wasn't a Kickstarter, but it, it kind of felt like one where you you buy it and then you you're fifty fifty on if it's ever even going to happen, or you just threw money into a fireplace. So that's where you start. And then you just never really know when it's going to show up. And I completely forgot about it that I even ordered it, um, which is hilarious because it was it was not cheap. It was I think it was two hundred dollars, which I think they're even more now because chip shortage. Um, But yeah, so I bought it, I think, two years ago, maybe a little over two years ago. And then it's one of those where it's perpetually like, oh, delays oh this you know manufacturing oh this thing happened oh this that the other thing and it's like okay whatever like this is never coming then i got an an email that was the reverse and said hey it's shipping in earlier than we said and it's like how do you delay it and then now it's available this this scam goes really deep okay 
Sure. Over, under, promise, and kind of deliver. Uh, yeah, I guess so. And then they're like, it's going to be there by the end of the year. It's like, And they meant this year, which was, wow, okay, shocking. And then it shipped. Wow, okay. Then it showed up, and I had it. So the analog pocket, uh, it came, it works, it's a real thing. It's unfortunate in some respect because if I'm telling anything I'm saying right now, if you're completely sold on it and think, oh, I really want one, well, good luck waiting until I think like 2024 or something now because they did another pre-order set and it, there's like groups you get into and I think one of them quite literally goes out to 2024. I don't understand that, but I'll, I'll still talk about it a little bit even though no one can really get one. So I don't know if, how valuable that is to anyone, but what it is, is a completely like custom built, uh, FPGA based handheld system that plays. Sorry, what's, what's FPGA? Oh boy. Here we go. PGA is golf. Field programmable gate array, I believe is what it is. And hopefully, Makes sense. hopefully I've misremembered that and everybody's mad now, but anyway, it's like a very customized chip to do like a single thing really well. So it's designed to mimic and use actual cartridges from Game Boy, Game Boy Advance. Um, I think like the Link system. There's a few others. Oh, so you have to have the cartridges? Like it's not an emulator as such. It is not built strictly as an emulator. No, it is a, a, a bona fide reproduction that can read and actually use the data from real cartridges, but it has the most gorgeous screen on it. And there impressive. are filters that can basically either make it mimic to look like it did back on the really old, like crappy screens, um, or use, you know, like native pixel for pixel mapping on the screen. It just, I don't know. I, I'm not any, by any means like a, you know, retro game aficionado or whatever. I mean, I love playing them, but I don't track any of this stuff day to day, but it's freaking phenomenal what they've done with this thing. The build quality is great. Uh, the screen just playing these old, old Game Boy games with this new screen. It, it, it's semi, it's simultaneously nostalgic and feels new at the same time where the games just look so good that a lot of games now are built to look old anyway, right? Mm, like pixel art is like, you, you can't walk one foot in a different direction and not run into 50 pixel art games now. But to see these originals kind of in this new light that's not just an emulator, I think it's a really cool thing. It's super niche. Like, very few people would actually, you know, get anything out of this, especially if you don't have any of these games. So you had and the it, cartridges. Can I just clarify? I have some, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you didn't go have to go troll eBay or something to find. No, but I now have an excuse to go to some of our local like old game stores and just buy a bunch of cartridges that I don't need. So that'll be good. I'm looking forward to that. So, See, I'm not the biggest gamer, which mm. we've established before, but what I think is really cool about this is I remember as a kid playing Halo and thinking, oh, what a great game, blah, 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 for example. And then thinking, oh, imagine future graphics or something or where this is going to go when they continue it. And then you would play sequels and yes, they'd be sharper or have, you know, more detail in the graphics or whatever. But you lost kind of the charm of that first one. But then when you play the first one, unless you get that remastered anniversary edition that they put out, you're kind of playing something on a dickier, smaller res thing. So you get to have the old experience but refreshed. Yeah. 
Yeah, and why why reinvent the wheel? Why do a new version of the game when it can just look better? Yeah, yeah. I I played through Mario three. I just beat it the other day, um, and it was again. It's it's this weird thing where it's not strictly nostalgia. Where I you know I have an old Game Boy and I'm just playing an old Game Boy that I found in the attic, but it's not new either. It's this kind of weird. I don't know even know how to describe it. Jason loves buying things. Yeah, Andrew, you're right. Jason loves buying things. I'm looking at the notes and I can see that in his tech life, he has gained yet another product, but he's also deleted some services. Can you give us a rundown on these massive tech events in your life, Jason? Oh, I know. 2021 coming in strong at the end here with the purchases. I got to tell you, it's because you know why? Eoffy. It's end of my fiscal year. So I'm just buying. Happy Eoffy. I'm just buying stuff like crazy because I'm going to write it all off, obviously. I can't um, wait for June. How about you, Martin? That's we're gonna get crazy <laughs> in June. Oh, it's gonna be off the charts. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see where the office works. Yeah, yeah. We should we should meet at a neutral <laughs> office works location. Meet up. <laughs> meet you at Office Works Cooper Adelaide, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Adelaide, sure. <laughs> I just thought we'd go underground. Office works underground, surely in Cooper Oh man, if we had a meetup at an office works, that would be the most on brand thing ever. Well, the cool thing is that they have that desk section, right? And we can all occupy the desk that we want in swivel chairs. We can you know, do a live show. We can bring a laptop and yeah. record yeah. there. It's like, excuse me, sirs, uh, could you please leave the store? It's like, we've checked in with our QR code. Leave yeah, us alone. Yeah, we're testing this furniture. You want to, you to sit in a chair for a while before you decide if it's for you. If they even bother us for a second, we'll be like, happy Eoffy. And they'll be like, oh, you guys are on it. You can stay. Anyway, sorry, we digress. Jason, you've bought something and deleted other things. What's happened? Which one did I buy? Are you, I'm assuming you're referring to the... I'm reordering the notes as we go, so just check there. I'm being a felled foot. Oh, look digitally. at that. Look at those notes just moving around. You're probably talking about the iPad mini. Correct. That I purchased um, on a whim, as I do. Yeah, I... Um, I have a lot of iPads right now. It's, it's kind of out of control. <laughs> he's, he's got one on every finger. <laughs> I'm trying to hawk one on Discord as we speak. So everybody that's uh, on that One Prime Plus train, check out the Discord. So I've been using two iPads for the last like month. The Relic 12.9-inch slash 13-inch iPad Pro, the square one, like the first square one, which I have to say... It still is amazing. It there's nothing it can't do. How is that possible? The the 2018 iPad. I feel like it's probably good for another at least three years, which is baffling. Especially, yeah. Anyway, and I've been using the 11 inch iPad Pro kind of side by side for different things. Came to a realization that I don't use either one of them like an iPad because they just they're glued in their keyboards and that's where they live. Which is, I mean, yes, I can. I'm, I'm aware you can take it out. I'm, don't I do, I do that constantly that, with mine. I don't need to know how magnets work. I get that, but once I put it in the keyboard, it's just like, nope, that's just kind of where it lives. So it basically, is a, I, I'm carrying around two laptops, and that was that felt weird. So I was like, what if I don't really like the 11 inch for reading stuff or consuming stuff so much because it's small, but it's still kind of not small. The 12 or the 13 inch iPad is obviously not, you're not going to just be holding that thing like a book because it's 
It's pretty hefty. You can set brisketter on that thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's great as a laptop in a keyboard. Fantastic. Love it for that. So I thought, what if I had an iPad that was a computer 13? And what if I had an iPad that was just an iPad that couldn't put in a keyboard even if I wanted to? Mm-hmm. Well, how do I do that? Do I get an iPad Air? Not really. It's basically the same size as the 11. Also goes in the keyboard. So what's going to happen to it? It's going to end up in the keyboard. Ah, foiled. What if there was an iPad that couldn't go in a keyboard? <sighs> Big brain, right? iPad mini. So I thought, I'm going to get an iPad mini in a little flippy case thing and just kind of use it as a book slash device that I can look at stuff on. And then I'll use the big iPad for like a computer replacement when I'm not on my iMac. So I went down to the Apple store and I bought one. Um, and now I have one and I have a couple of thoughts. What color I've only is been it? using it for a little while. Um, I actually went with the black one because I thought it looked really nice with the orange case. That- oh, okay. So this is the space gray. Breed. Yeah. That's yeah. A, I would- orange for our Australian listeners. Orange, no, yeah, no, no, or orange, or orange. no, it's orange here or orange there. I would normally get the silver, but they don't. I don't mm. come in silver. They come in black, starlight, starlight, purple, and pink. I think starlight's kind of like champagne that lost its fizz. Yeah, I don't know. I just I, the starlight isn't doing. It's like a. It's not gold, but it's not silver. It just. Uh, I don't know. I just. I'm not really. I wasn't that into it. Uh, silver, normal silver, I would have just got normal silver. They didn't have it. The pink is not pink at all. So if it was like pink, I would have got that one, but it wasn't. I like the purple, but it's kind of like a lavender candle you'd get at the hippie shop. Yeah, the purple is nice too. And it's kind of a, it's like a gray almost. It's like a gray purple. But anyway, I thought the black one looked the best with the orange flippy case. So I went with that one. It's a great little device. I have only been using it for a couple of days. I'm still within my 14-day return window. I'm still 50-50 on keeping it, I have to say. I'm not like, oh my gosh, for a couple of reasons. One, it doesn't have promotion. I knew that going into it, but I thought, settle down. It's a smaller screen. Maybe it like doesn't matter as much. It matters. It's, it's not promotion. It's just not. So, hmm. That's probably the biggest issue I have with it. I went into it, can't interrupt for a minute. I, I was in an Apple store a while ago and I looked at the iPad mini because it was when they were talking about the, the scrolling, doing that tearing mm. sort of thing. So it's the jelly thing. Yeah, scroll. And, and usually I don't notice those things and I could actually see it on the mini. I was like, oh, yeah, it does with the scrolling. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know what that is and I didn't think that I was seeing that. But what I do feel like I'm feeling is that I feel like it's, even though it's the the latest and greatest chip, it's the A15, I think, or yep, whatever, A15, it's the, the latest yep. one. It feels slow sometimes. Hmm. And I don't, and now, and now you just said that, that jelly thing again, which I forgot about. I'm wondering if maybe it's that. That's making is it, it possible? feel slow. Mm. Is it possible because iOS and iPad OS, obviously, they use so many different animations, exiting apps and things that don't necessarily exist on the Mac that you would notice it more 
if there is a difference with the promotion. Like you're so used used to it now with the other iPad and the iPhone that things are jumping in and out really quickly that the same speed animation actually looks ever so slightly choppier, like it's an illusion of the graphics. I think that that could be it. That's possible, yeah, because it it just doesn't. It feels like like an iPad Air two or something where it's just kind of like right. mm, doesn't doesn't feel like I just bought this yesterday. Right. So that's that's another one where I'm. It's getting better. I mean, I'm getting. It's not getting better. I'm getting more used to it, which is not really the best way to go about keeping or buying technology. You shouldn't be like, I'll just deal with it. And, and, there's, and those first it. few days, it's probably doing all the photo indexing and all that kind of yeah, stuff in the yeah, background. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give it the full like you know week and a half or so to to really find out. Form factor wise, is it's exactly what I would want from kind of a little iPad. I love that my my pencil too, I can just flip back and forth between the big iPad and the little one. And it's literally just attach it for a half a second, take it back off. And it's already, yeah, it's super fast. I don't know how it's that fast given that I'm pretty sure it's Bluetooth and usually Bluetooth switching is kind of, come on, like get, get over to the other one. This is all very interesting because I've been super tempted to get one myself. Same. But, uh, <laughs> and it's su- it's super, like, it's adorable when you put the pencil on it, how it's just like, it's like the right little, it's just, it's just cute how it fits on there. I made the mistake, too, of doing like a, a, a migration from the 11-inch iPad. I shouldn't have done that. I should have just started the mini fresh because now I'm just spending all this time undoing Every because they they just they they work differently. A computer, an iPad that sits in a keyboard, you know, smart keyboard thing, it's just a different beast that you're not going to use them the same. So, I would recommend starting from scratch. So I don't know if I've really sold you on it, but I, I think it's not doom and gloom. The size is exactly what I wanted. I wanted this exact size for the intended purpose of being. This is my iPad now. Whereas my 13 inch iPad pro is my computer. That's the way I, that's how I see them. I think to sum it up, Jason, how many Andrew thumbs do you give the all new iPad? Mini? <sighs> Am I allowed to dole out Andrew thumbs? Is that part of the contract? No, I'm just doing it. I don't care. You just, just take the thumbs. Okay. Um, I'm going to give it a solid four Andrew thumbs. Fantastic. And like maybe two and a half, uh, extra, uh, globe emojis. Just throwing that in there. That's a rave review, I reckon. Yeah. I, 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 you'll know if the device is for you, I guess that was what I would say. Is it is it the kind of device where it can be your only, and again, this is all caveats all the way down, but would this be my only iPad? No, definitely not. I don't really feel like I could get a lot of stuff done or created on this. I could if I had to, but if you're going to have one iPad, go get the iPad Air that it's that easy that's the most general universal ipad you can get if you feel you need extra whiz bang features from the ipad pro go for it um but even now like the ipad air working with the smart keyboard and all that leaves very little reason to get an ipad pro for most people most people Now, something I want to hear about quickly, because I think we've had to kick this like a can down the road across a few topic pool show notes sections. Can you tell us very quickly, Jason, why you've deleted PayPal and Venmo and why why this is important? 
Oh, because uh, you put this in here a while ago. Oh yeah, simple answer. Um, much like in the past years of of removing Google from my life and and other companies, Amazon, etc. Uh, I don't align with PayPal on anything, and I think they're crap. So I deleted their account or my account with them, and Venmo is owned by them. So then they got deleted too. I'm not going to be. Never even heard the name. I'll be honest. I don't yeah, know if that makes me it, stupid, but I've never heard of Venmo. It. I think they got acquired by PayPal. They were like, it's like a uh, give people money kind of thing. Like, oh, we split a bill on a meal. Like, send me ten dollars kind of thing. So, and it's the, it's the worst one ever. It's like got this public aspect to it where there's like a public feed and it just shows who's sending money to other people for what. And it's like, what the hell is wrong with you? Why would you want to do that? Anyway, um, I'm, you know, it, it's much like how there was Facebook and Instagram and Instagram got bought, but it's like, oh, I hate Facebook, but I still use Instagram. It's like, no, Venmo is PayPal, delete gone you you tell yourself what you need to to sleep at night but that's yeah it's (laughs) it's bogus so anyway they just fall into the category slash bucket of companies that i don't want to do business with personally so gone so is that being replaced by anything or they're just gone because i can see a what's next they're just gone um i i think at some point it will be a thorn in my side because i will sell something to somebody and they'll say, oh, I'll Venmo you. And I'll be like, nope. Oh, PayPal. Nope. So do you take a check in the mail? Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where it'll be a minor inconvenience at some point, but I don't care. I'm willing to, to take that. Media Corner. I'm going to kick off here because I think this is more important than what anyone else has to oh, say. I, know, I'll be I already know what's coming. And look, I'm not going to go straight into it. Sorry, not. I will go straight into it, but I'm not going to go deeply into it. There's going to be no spoilers because I know that it's early on. Oh, not everyone has seen it. Spider-Man go and home. Exactly. I wish he would go home because I'm sick of Spider-Man. Um, oh, that's another Media Corner. We can talk forever about how I'm over Spider-Man and discussing which one's best. But- Andrew also hasn't seen the two sequels that precede this sequel. And the movie that I'm talking about, which Jason has been taunting me about Airplane on IMS, two. iMessage for ages because it came out later in Australia, is The Matrix Resurrections. I want to make a brief statement here and just say that I have been anticipating this movie probably more than any film I have in my life, at least since The Matrix Revolutions in 2003. So you can see I've been waiting for a while. Um I knew I would probably like this film, but I liked it even more than I thought I would. And I think it does in a way, uh, Jason may disagree. Andrew, you still haven't seen it, I assume. I haven't. (laughs) Yeah. No. Yeah, there we go. I'm just checking. Just checking. To me, what this movie did. Yeah, I hope so. What this movie does is considering that it's 18 years between the third film and now this fourth film, considering the fandom that goes along with it, the whole transmedia thing across movies, games, comics, whatever, same way with Star Wars when it was rebooted or extended, however you want to put it, there's a lot of difficulty in pleasing old fans and also matching current day expectations or how things have moved on from an original in a series or franchise. I think this does a way better job than what Star Wars did in the way that people kind of watch The Force Awakens and go, yeah, that's 
A New Hope all over again. I thoroughly enjoyed episode seven of Star Wars, but could see that it was really like a carbon copy refreshed. What, what uh, not episode four, what The Matrix Resurrections does as the fourth movie in the franchise is engage in a kind of respect of the old and the inclusion of those themes a new look and new themes, particularly from tech culture today and how it's moved on from this kind of pre-Y2K fear. But it also goes extremely meta in the way that it refers to previous films in the franchise. I won't ruin how it does it, but I was super impressed that it, it combined the old, the new, and a kind of self-awareness that a, a movie about systems and sentience and self-awareness should do. So I would strongly encourage you to go and see the fourth movie. And if you haven't watched the trilogy beforehand, so you can get to it. Yeah. I watched it, uh, before Martin. Uh, I just want to make sure we, we, everybody knows that. And I went into it far differently than you did. I, I wouldn't say that I didn't care because I deeply care about the matrix. Um, I think I was more apprehensive about it's been so long is this going to do anything that's actually wanted or needed? Or is this simply going to be, Hey, look, we took something old and gave it to you again. Cause we literally have no ideas left in the universe, except remaking everything again. Signed Hollywood. Um, but that being said, we did watch it as soon as it came out, which was before Martin saw it. And then uh, I think we enjoyed it. I would say it's hard to, I don't know. I'm not good at talking about movies without talking about specific parts of them. So I'm going to try to just say almost nothing for fear of, of being the person that spoils something, but they did a good job. I thought in general with what they were trying to do with the movie, which doesn't tell you anything. I'm sorry, but uh, they, they clearly had an idea and I think they executed that idea well, at least in my, you know, expert movie watching um, review. And, and I would add to that and just say um, it's the self-awareness that you notice when watching this movie. Because if there's any text or in this case movie that has been analyzed to bits, particularly through the lens of philosophy, uh, religion, references to other literature, all that stuff. It is the Matrix franchise. So, you know, I generally avoid reading reviews, but I've read some reviews of this film. And I've, funnily enough, a lot of the positive ones came from gaming websites, whereas some of the negative ones came from film review websites. And I think it's kind of popular for people to rag on this franchise uh, and try to be this, let's say, academic approach in reviewing it because everyone's very philosophical about it. I think you can't just write something in 500 words about this movie and say it was bad uh, because, as you said, Jason, so much thought has gone into it. They've clearly thought it's the right time. And I don't know if you two know this, but Lana Wachowski, uh, one of the two Wachowskis who directed this movie, um, she continued it. The actual idea to make this, she was kind of prompted to do it after they lost their parents. It was her grieving process. So I don't think this is the general... Uh, Hollywood machine just going, yeah, let's go and make this and trot it out. They they had no real intentions to continue this. The story was actually continued by The Matrix Online, which was the game that followed the third movie. So she was prompted to do this after an event in her life. So I think it shows. I, There's a game? 
Is it get- there was. It was an online yeah. game called The Matrix uh, Online. Did which not technically do well. Enjo- uh, oh, okay. Yeah, it, it, it didn't last. So, anyway, Andrew, thank you for waiting. What do you have to say about Spider-Man? No, not much. Um, no, I won't, I won't take people's too much time with it. Um, I, we, went because it, we went because it was my son's birthday. He turned six. Ah. And he has loved Happy Spider-Man since he was about two. Um, he has love this episode. He has watched like the spider, the other two spider, the other two modern Spider-Mans, um, multiple times. Despite all that, despite them being being played on our TV so many times, I actually had no idea of what happened in them because I just tune them out. I don't really watch. Um, the only Spider-Mans I remember are the old Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans. Oh. And he was Ooh. a whinger. Can we be He's fair on that? Like he is. Those are the he, he got bitten. He whinges. Oh, he was, upside down kiss. He oh. was annoying. And um, like, but he he is my Spider Man. I guess you would have to say. Oh no, he will never be my Spider Man. So look, going into this one, I did had no really. Uh, yeah, it was more. It was more just a case of going to the cinema to keep a six year old happy. We went to the big screen experience. Um, what does that mean? Cinema, like they call it the, the, it's the Hoyt's extreme screen. Is that like IMAX? Nah, we don't have IMAX here. It's just like a bigger version of a screen. So instead of being, it's just a bigger screen. Com- so it's more immersive, but it's not wraparound. Maybe. Yep. Yep. Um, and did you like the movie? Yeah, it was good. It was fun. It was like just, it was just a couple of hours of entertainment. You know, you didn't have to think too heavily on it. Um, Action scenes, what they can do with action scenes these days in movies is ridiculous. I mean, it's all, it's all just green screen, a computer-generated computer thing, but it's still amazing. And the amount of work that it must take to make those effects look the way they do. A lot of Mac Pros doing oh, those baby. graphics. Yeah, no wonder they're, they're trying to sell them. On the topic of green screens, though, I will just say they are moving more and more to actually having screens as sets that display the scenery. There's a great video of, I think they did it for The Mandalorian. So, interesting to see how that changes cinema more and it, more. It is amazing. It's a changing, it's a very different thing. But, and look, this Spider-Man had a lot of fan service. Um, I don't know how much, I, I don't know what's a spoiler and what isn't. Everything is a spoiler. Okay, I liked it. It, it you know, for somebody who's grew up with Spider-Mans of years gone by, it was good, um, good action scenes, and it seems like they did the typical thing. Oh, I can't give a spoiler. Is it a spoiler? No, okay, it's okay. Just say you liked I it. Liked That's it. Right. it was fine. So, so I thought we'd wrap up the year with our tech retrospective. Um, what your favourite product, app, or service was for the year? It doesn't necessarily have to be something that was released this year, but something. That made a difference. This was tough. This was really tough. Um, I love the idea of the question, but it's so tough because it, all I can think of is like the last three weeks. <laughs> you know, like that's immediately where my brain went. It was just like, oh, what have I been using the last four hours? And then it's, oh wait, no, the whole year. Shoot. Uh, okay. So I um, used. I picked three things. Right? Because I think that's how we were supposed to do. <laughs> your favorite, your one favorite thing. Here's three. My one favorite thing usually comes in, in sets of three. My favorite set of three things. We'll go with that. Is this descending or ascending mm-hmm. order? Uh, no order. And I'm probably going to, this is the kind of question where I'm going to say three things and then somebody's going to say, what about that? And I'll go, oh, damn, that would have made, that should have been on the list. So 
I'm just going to go with, so the first one I'm going to pick is big surprise to everyone. Craft the app mainly because I've been using it the entire year and I still use it every single day. So clearly I must have some kind of affinity for this app. Um, it's great. I use it a lot. That's it. That's all I'll say about it. I'll, I'll spare you all on that one. It is a great app and it's made a hemispheric newsletter possible one prime plus check it out as we enter the new year if you haven't before so thank you craft yeah next next year season season two no episode volume two, two season volume two, two whatever that's the word i'm looking for volume two of the newsletter dropping january 10th um the next favorite product slash app slash thing would be probably the best bang for your buck one prime plus.com it's got my vote the next the next one would be the PS5. I'm going to go PS5. Um, I don't have an Xbox Series X. Can't get one. Not possible. Uh, somehow I have managed to get a PS5. It's just really good. It really feels like the next gen, even though now it's like two years old. Um, and people still can't get them, which is insane. But it actually was one of the first times it felt like it was actually next gen. Every year, it's like, oh, next-gen console. It's like, yeah, I mean, kind of. It's a little bit different. This one really, it cranks out the the pixels, and it's it's really, really nice and does a, a great job of, of feeling fresh and new in terms of not just graphics, but, you know, the controller redesign with the, uh, I think they're called adaptive triggers. Kind of one of the first things that's really changed in a, in a controller in a while. It's not a huge thing, but in... in nor do I think controllers need to drastically change, but the adaptive con- or adaptive trigger is a pretty cool feature. Uh, and then, so that was three. So my fourth one is my ubiquity home network that I've been slowly building throughout the year, which I absolutely love. No one in their right mind needs any of this crap in their home. But, you know, when you're, when something excites you and you have fun with it, why not go with it? So I have a basically enterprise grade network uh running through my home <laughs> and it's fun <laughs> and we can see it whenever you upload your audio for editing this podcast because it doesn't matter how big that file is it is there instantly in under- can, can you actually have it under zero <laughs> seconds because i think that's how fast it i is. think it, it actually arrives before i even drag just remember file. you're it's- only as strong as the weakest link gong net <laughs> yeah so I still I th- better than it was. I think those are my my top four, uh, not top four, just four things that were my favorites throughout the year. And I'm sure there'll be a hundred more as soon as we end this call. I will say, damn it! But there you go. That's why we have a Discord. Passing it off to let me flip a coin. I don't have a coin, uh, Martin. Okay, so um, although uh, I would say the most useful or most used products that I have throughout the year are my iPhone and Mac, considering they're you know, relatively new, 12 mini and uh, an M1 Mac mini. I'm going to give a very special mention and the top tech product for 2021 for me personally. I know it's predictable. It's an Apple product. But funnily enough, it's the 11-inch iPad Pro, the very size that Jason has gotten rid of. Uh, because although I'm tempted by an iPad mini, as I think we've all been and Jason succumbed, The 11-inch iPad Pro, since I jumped on that, got the new second-gen pencil and also the white Magic Keyboard with it, I have been so impressed by how much 
it has changed various aspects of my computing or enhanced it. It really has become in the laptop setting, a computer away from my computer, perfect for writing, uh, perfect for getting actual work done, whether in split view or with slide over or just, you know, monotasking with one app on the screen. Um, I do quite like the size, that little middle ground of it being between the big one and the small one, because I do read books on it. I typically have the two page set up on it. Uh, it's nice for movies. The speakers are fantastic. Um, but it's those little ways that it's made tasks that I do all the time better. Like I edit when it's my turn, because Andrew and I alternate, uh, the way I edit the podcast on it. Having that little bit of extra screen space, the speed at which it exports and does things, it is an absolute dream. And I would say has actually made the experience of editing this podcast better. And the addition of a trackpad with the magic keyboard makes it faster as well, moving around different things and deleting certain ranges. And look, I could go on forever, but something that I've tried, which was probably more unexpected for me, and this is more recently in the last week or so, I've actually given Xbox Game Pass a go on the iPad with my SteelSeries Nimbus controller. I don't know if I'll keep it. It's a $1 trial month thing from Microsoft. Now I don't own an Xbox, right? I don't own a console. So all that stuff about download to your console or buy this game, I'm not doing. I've just purely gone on for the beta or beta experience of the cloud gaming. I have never been so impressed with something streamed over the internet in my life. It makes no sense how that's possible. It's unbelievable. And they're like, oh, when you quit, how did it go? Give us your feedback. Was the user interface okay? And I'm thinking this was flawless. Like you have just loaded up all of original Halo or like one of the Wolfenstein things or Forza Horizon. I've tried all these different things and it has been absolutely flawless in real time, no delay. And I went, I never would have thought that my iPad would be a proper gaming console. And look, I mean, Microsoft's had to do some strange stuff to make it work because of app store rules and things. But you add to your home screen, it basically launches within like a stripped down version of Safari and it's unbelievable. So as a productivity editing gaming machine uh, with help from other companies in this case, the iPad Pro 11 inch gets my vote, M1. So yeah, Martin asked for our favorite product app or service, our one favorite, I've got a list of six. Oh, I want two more. This is unfair. But one of them is a gag. Okay. The first one, gaming PC. <laughs> okay. Second one. Second, yeah. second one is craft. A bit like Jason. I don't love it as much as Jason, but it has stuck better than many other apps I've tried. I just had a Dynalist Pro subscription expire on me. I thought, well, I'm not going to use it. Uh, craft, for better or worse, it gets used. So well done, craft. Next one bit out of left field chess.com so i've been playing chess with my brother he defeats me virtually every time (laughs) yeah he's better than me um but i I play other people now now hannah has started to get into chess as well and she's starting to learn how to play um it's sneaky good because you just two minutes you you make your your moves on your, your active games and generally, you know, we like to set it up so you have 24 hours between each move. So there's no rush. You just make a move, put it away, and think about it again later. And But we, when you're with the subscription, it also sort of gives you tutorials and training and lets you review your games so you can see, oh, where did I mess up? Where should I have played and all that kind of stuff. I'm no um, deep blue, but it's a fun game. Chess. Shallow, shallow blue. <laughs> yeah, very shallow. I think I think there could be a future in ch- the game of chess, though. I think I think that might actually be a board game going somewhere. 
It might catch on. Could do. Uh, next one, another service, Fast Mail. Just it just works. It just keeps plugging away, doing its thing. Um, I really like their app these days. I I generally prefer their Fast Mail app to a native mail client, and I've never been able to say that before. It all through the Gmail era, it was I always used, you know, mail apps. Um, they've nailed their web app. It's a great example of a service that I didn't even think of because I don't have to. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's just infrastructure, right? But it's it works. It's not, oh, AWS went down. It's like, no, it's just fine. And for anyone who missed it, people should go back to episode 42. Yes, Fa- Rob from Fastmail. Um, alongside Fastmail, I use SaneBox. SaneBox is kind of really kind of good because it just filters out all those <laughs> junk. SaneBox, it's really kind of good. It just gets rid of all those not important, not urgent emails and just shuffles them off into a, a later folder. And yes, I know you can set that up with rules and blah, blah, blah. I don't got time for that. So I don't like to be, I like it to know that when something hits my inbox, it's kind of important. Like it's, it's like almost iMessage level importance and everything else can just wait till I've got time and Sandbox does that well. Last one, another service. I had to give a shout out to it, micro.blog. It's where we all met. Mm. It's very important. And I was looking back and it's it's sneaky because I look now and it's, it's got years and years of like my blogging life on it at this point. And so it's actually quite um, a, a significant part of my online life these days. But it still doesn't hold you captive. You can take it elsewhere. So I just real I just looked and next month I've been on that thing for four years. Wow. I had no idea. I would have guessed two. And lots of friends there. Yeah, all of, definitely. I meet new people there all the time. Oh, also, so that just you just reminded me. I would I would add Discord to my list because that's been wonderful this year for me anyway. After I finally got rid of the 900 different discords that I was a part of because I you know, it was like, "Oh, add add add." And it was like, "What what am I doing? Stop. That's insane." So, the Discord for this ch- for this uh group whatever you want to call it has been great really great people in there um it's not super overwhelming you know sometimes it gets a little insane but it's like totally fine to just come and go so yeah easy to meet a channel find something that you like yeah it's been it's been really good i i've get i've gotten a lot more enjoyment out of it than i ever did in any of the slacks that i was a part of and that 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 i guess that doesn't really have anything to do with the platform it's just maybe this one stuck better for me so I think you've both segued us accidentally to a perfect ending with micro.blog and Discord. I personally, and I'm sure you both agree, would like to thank every single listener, every Hemispherian, whether you just listen to the free show or, you know, also join One Prime Plus. Thank you very much for your awesome support, not just for 2021, but I think since we started. I didn't know for sure if we would make it this long, but it's probably one of the most fun things that I do. So thank you, everyone. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much to each and every one of you. I hope you have all enjoyed the last episode. For 2021. Damn. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> and now let's take it out with a song. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Come on, boys. Oh, what fun.
we had some Christmas garden lights, little Santa heads that light up at nighttime, solar panel things that charge during the day, light up at night. Yeah, they melted yesterday. <laughs> There's nothing that says Merry Christmas more than a melted, deformed Santa head on a stick. It was hot. 